0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 18 of Control Issues. This week, I was able to have the incredible Troy Abrams on as my guest. He was so willing um, to meet up with me um, via a social distant platform that had a little bit of technical difficulties. Um, it was kind of like we were almost on the phone where we he couldn't see my video, but um, But it was a great experience to get to hear from someone with uh, 19 years of sobriety, someone that I incredibly respect for his humility and his grace and for his calm demeanor, um, but also being passionate about a lot of things and standing up for what he believes in. Um, On this episode, he got very vulnerable and shared experiences in the past that led him to growing from resentment and into forgiveness, which is something that I need to learn and Honestly, I think a lot of people do. It's, I'm not great at it. Um, and so getting to talk to him and hear his experience and think about different things, um, I am now able to grow and grow from those uncomfortable moments that I'm going through right now. So I hope as you listen today, you're able to take in what Troy has to say, really reflect on that and grow because that's what this is all about is always being open to hearing a new perspective and growing from that. Um, So listen to the episode, feed the baby that is your recovery, like you might mention later on in this episode, and then tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Control Issues Facebook page to watch live episodes. I'm going to be having some guests from out of town on where our schedules due to, you know, good old time zones are not necessarily going to allow for a live taping every week, but I will post a video at 7 p.m. on Tuesday nights um, so that you have something to watch. And then the audio always comes out on Mondays on Spotify and iTunes. Follow the Control Issues Instagram at Control Issues Podcast. Um, To stay updated, I get vulnerable on there, talk about experiences I'm going through, and, you know, share about guests that are upcoming. If you have any feedback, don't hesitate to send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram, or shoot me an email to controlissues19 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for those who listen consistently, and for the new listeners, I'm glad to have you on. So without further ado, episode 18 all right hello my friends and welcome to episode 18 of control issues um we are here on facebook live on the control issues page if you're listening after the fact i have troy abrams with me we are respecting social distancing from our own homes and i'm so (laughs) grateful he is willing to be here with me and a little bit of technical difficulty so we're doing this kind of blind (laughs) um yeah he can't see me i can see him so i don't know it's like (laughs) a fun experiment. Um, So yeah, Yeah. Um, thank you for tuning in and listening. I appreciate everyone who's here every week. Um, It makes my heart very happy. And if this even gets to one person, that's what will make me happy. Um, So if you are following along and are a new listener, I do this every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard (coughs) Time. You can join me live or you can listen to the audio after the fact on Mondays on Spotify and on iTunes. Um, the video is up on the Facebook page. So like and follow control issues to do that. Um and if you want to stay updated on Instagram at control issues podcast, I put some fun inspirational things. I get vulnerable and update on who the current guest is gonna be. So with me is Troy Abrams. Troy also has a podcast that's incredible. Um So would you like to give us a Reader's Digest version of who you are for those who aren't already acquainted?
1: Oh, sure. Um, And and by the way, Zora, thanks so much for having me on Control Issues. I appreciate the invitation. And um, once again, my name is Troy and I am uh, an alcoholic and addict and a million other things. Please pray for me um, as we go through this journey. Uh, None of Mm us uh, can do this by ourselves. And I'm so grateful. Uh, to be able to have a story to tell, um, you know, just to synopsize it, I am uh, 19 years sober and uh, came here uh, not expecting the any 12-step program to work for me, mm-hmm. you know, but um, uh, I got connected to this power that uh, changed everything, changed the way I thought and changed my outlook and um, I sit here today having done some work, some deep introspection, and um, offered some help to those around me. And uh, I think today I am more able to help someone uh, get through the early phases of of recovery uh, than I've ever been uh, in the past. Um, I've had the opportunity to sponsor Hundreds of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can tell you that not all of them are sober today or mm-hmm. alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and this journey is f- for those who work and continue to work uh, at this. Um, you know, I, I have a voice in my head that sounds just like me that's telling me uh, stuff that I know would p- place my my serenity, my recovery in jeopardy. You know, so I have to surround myself with folks like Zora and others that um, have found a a way out of that deep, dark place. And uh, it has been quite a ride for me. And I'm so glad to be here sitting with you guys today.
0: Yeah. And you touch on so many great tenets of the program, right? Introspection, doing the work. Um, Coming in, I just didn't want to get high anymore. I didn't want to be miserable. I didn't want to be, you know, living out of my car. I didn't want to be alone. I I just, there were a lot of things where I wasn't expecting to not only connect with God, but connect with other people and have a meaningful life. It's not the life that I pictured. I really, like, if you go back to 10 years ago when I graduated from high school and look at my, where do you think you're going to be in 10 years or five years project? Mm. Not, doesn't look like this life. Um, but it's a life that I'm grateful for, right? Cause I get to show up Absolutely. for people and my family's in my life and, um, things that make me happy in a way that I never thought it's not the material things. Um, so with you having a lot of knowledge and an incredible perspective on A variety of things. I thought we could talk about some topics that I'm struggling with and I could get your feedback. So to start off, letting go and resentments. I have written a lot of inventory. Uh, I've been through steps a couple of times or, or more. And, um, there's a couple of resentments that I've been holding on to over the last couple sets of inventory and through nightlies. Um, and I don't know if you have something that works for you or like, how do you handle deep seated resentments? The things that just like, you can't let go and they eat you to your core, you know, those kind of resentments.
1: Yeah. Well, Sarah, I don't know if you know uh, my story, but uh, part of my story contains a lot of, um, blood and, and gore mm-hmm. and violence. Um, you know, my 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 home in New York was shot up, and and wow. uh, my wife's my wife's aunt was killed in my living room, shot in the head, and it happened by the hand of, of someone I considered a friend. Mm. And uh, you know, when, once once he was captured, he claimed that he was never at my home and he had nothing to do with this, and that uh, we were all making this up.
0: Right. And
1: uh, what that did is. Uh, you know it it caused my whole family disturbance you know um stress and i was enthralled in my in my addiction at the time and you know it just helped me circle the circle the 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 drain so to speak and things just got worse now having this button in me that says run and escape you know Mm -hmm. I, i hit that button and uh, that's really what what got me here in Atlanta. Um, yeah. You know, my, I uh, I called my parents and they said, I, I am watching you on CNN right now. What's going on with you? Mm-hmm. And uh, I had no answers. You know, and uh, I said, I just I just need to get away. And uh, they said, All right, well come down here and try to get yourself together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say. Nine or ten months later, uh, having smacked around the bottom down here in Atlanta, I found the program, and uh, I was in rehab. And while there, I met a doctor who really understood the the plight of an uh, of an addict and an alcoholic because he was one himself. Yeah. And uh, he, what he told me was that that I would have to find a way to forgive the man who shot up my house. Hmm. That I'd have to find a way to let go of the resentment and anger that I harbored inside of me. And uh, at that time I hadn't started attending meetings or I hadn't a sponsor, I was in rehab. And the, the, just the, the, the probability of me being able to forgive was just nil. I didn't come from that place of forgiveness. You know, I come from a place of revenge. Right. You know? And um, and uh, when I got out of rehab, he told me to go find a meeting, find a sponsor, work the steps. Mm-hmm. Um, he bought me my first big book. Oh,
0: wow.
1: And uh, yeah, so when I left rehab, he said, don't even go home. He says, go straight to And he named a place for me to go. 8111 is where he sent Mm. me. And uh, I attended my very first outside meeting at 8111. And uh, I sat down, I raised my hand and I said, hey y'all, my name is Troy, I'm an alcoholic and I don't know what to do about it. And um, that that was a a milestone for me because I told a lot of people the truth about myself all at once. And then uh, they later told, asked me where I lived, and I told them I live in Alpharetta. And they said, well, you know, there's an Alpharetta group. Mm-hmm. And uh, I attended the Alpharetta group, and I got a sponsor. And the first thing my sponsor told me was that he asked me, he says, is there anyone that you think you need to pray for besides yourself? And I said, uh, No. <laughs> <Right. so. laughs> and, um, you know, I hadn't any kids or anything at that time, you know. So, I, you know, I, I mentioned my parents and then he asked me, he says, he said, you're from New York, right? And I said, yeah. He says, what are you doing down here? And So I got into a little bit of what happened. Right. And he says, well, there's, he says, there's a couple of people that I think you need to start praying for. And he named the shooter as one of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, I don't think, I don't know, I don't, nah. And uh, he's like, yeah, man. He says, but I'll help you, you know, we'll we'll do it every day. You know, give me a call and and we'll pray for him by name. And I was so beaten from the old life that I was willing to do whatever. And um, I started doing it. I'd call him and we'd talk for a little while. He said, Let's pray for some folks and we'd pray and I'd name him by name and and uh, after about three days doing it on the phone he says, you know, he says do it in your morning prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh and I did and about day fifteen or so I I felt different. You okay. know, I didn't feel the angst and the anger and I didn't feel like revenge anymore I felt mm-hmm. something different and I didn't know what it was I couldn't put a name on it at the time and uh, we met once a week on Sundays and that Sunday I was sitting with him and uh, and he said so tell me how you feeling and I told him I'm, I'm feeling a little different I didn't I don't know what this is and uh, he says so have you been praying I said yeah he says well Um, tell me about your prayer life, tell me what you're including in those prayers. And I did, I told him what I did and and what I included. And he said, do you see that there's a path from where you were to forgiveness? Mm. And I I had to admit that I, I saw that there was something different. I thought that my feelings ended at revenge. Right, but it's it seems that that it, it was not it was not the end, you know. Yeah. Revenge was was a symptom of of how sick I was. Um, and he he asked me, he said, "Are you sure you want a spiritual life?" Mm-hmm. And I told him that uh, whatever would relieve me of this addiction, I want. I just don't want to go back. I never want to go back there. Yeah and he says we'll continue and when we meet next week we'll discuss it again and during the week i had a dream that um that the other person i I don't want to name any names you know what Mm -hmm. i mean but that he got everything he wanted Mm -hmm. right and for whatever reason when i woke up that morning i felt lighter Wow. I felt a, a little bit different, you know, and um, and I called him that morning and I told him, I said, you know, something's happened. I feel a little different. He's like, he's like, what do you mean? And I, I went into detail and I told him that, you know, after I got up from my prayers, you know, it, it, for like the first three years, every time I prayed, I cried. I you wow. know, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I felt rescued. And um and that feeling was like quadrupled you know and um and it would take me a minute to kind of kind of uh level out after a prayer and um and he said well, I think you've been you've been contacted bro yeah <laughs> and i said what do you mean i've been contacted he, he says he says I, I i think that the universe is speaking to you now all, the only thing left to do is to be obedient to it Mm-hmm. and um, and he left me with that you know and I walked around with you know obedient to it and that day I went to quick trip quick trip is a gas station snack store the you know, best whatever.
0: gas station
1: <laughs> <laughs> and um while there I was standing behind this woman there was like a line and I was standing behind this woman I was like the last person in the line and she made her purchase or whatever, and she turned, she walked away, and I saw her. She was trying to put her everything in her pocket, and mm-hmm. she had a quick trip bag, but $5 fell. Mm-hmm. And I saw that $5 on the floor through the side of my eye. I paid for my purchase, and... As I'm leaving, I stepped on the $5 and slid it out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And and then I bent down, and I picked it up, and I was like, yeah. Right. And I got in my car, and I sat in my car for like a hot second, and I was like, yo, that ain't your money, man. Right. And I was like, who's that? Whose voice is that? You know what I mean? And I got out of the car, and I ran to her car, and I said, ma'am, you dropped this. Mm-hmm. And I gave her her five dollars, walked away, got in my car, and I sat down. And that voice in my head that sounded just like me said, "Wow, yeah,
0: I've
1: never seen, I've never seen you do that before, yeah." You know, and I felt good about it. I called my sponsor and I said, "Yo, you wouldn't believe what just happened, All right?" And I told him what happened. He says, "He says there's going to be a whole lot of stuff like that." happening. He says, you don't have to call me every time you and God do something. Right. He says, that's between you and God. He says, but you can share that with, with, with someone if you're working with them. I, mm-hmm. And I asked him what he meant if I'm working with them. He says, well, whatever you're getting now, you're going to have to give that away. And that's what helps you heal is yeah. the giving portion of this, you know. And I thought about that. And, you know, for a long time, I've been a go-getter You know, Mm -hmm. when I was doping and drinking, I would be the one to go get it. All right, give me the money, I go get it.
0: Right.
1: I was a go-getter. But in this program, I've been taught to be a go-giver, you know. Oh, yeah. And with with the same amount of fervor that I was a go-getter, I am attempting to be a go-giver and give this program away, give whatever it is I get here, Mm -hmm. give it away to the next sick and suffering alcoholic or addict.
0: Oh, I love that. Go give her. I like that. It's kind of like I listened to this podcast once and she was talking about all these things she had to do, right? Like, oh, I have to go take, she was a mom. I have to go take my kids to soccer. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to do X, R, Z. And, when she shifted that lingo in her brain to I get to, she found she was much more grateful about experiences, right? And when you shift it, like you said, from to a, a go-getter to being a go-giver, it opens your eyes to what this program really is about. You know, we're constantly That's absolutely that true. circle, right? Giving back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feeds it all. So
1: Yeah, you know, that that really kind of confirms that this relationship that I have with a higher power is one that is it is absolutely portable. I can take it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but when I wake up in the morning, I still have two choices. You know, yes. I still have those, those same two choices. Um, you know, I, I can choose the misery that I was rescued from and my addiction and my alcoholism comes back. Or I can choose the mystery of these 12 steps. This God I don't understand, my, 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 uh, my sponsor and mm-hmm. the guys I sponsor and the network of men that are walking this journey. Those two are my choices every day, either, either the the misery or, or, or the mystery of this program. And, it, you know, I continue to explore the mystery as I continue this journey.
0: Yeah. And through that, the action of prayer, I think from what you just shared ha- has so much impact and I forget that it's an action thing. I pray all the time. I pray, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks God. I didn't hit any red lights on my way to work. Right? And I pray in the morning I pray at night. but it requires a little extra oomph if I want to do some work, um, on certain things. Right. And so I'm going to add some resentment prayers in there. And I know that like, it's not my first day here. I know that I should be praying for the folks that I'm resentful at. Um, but oftentimes I'm kind of like, eh, screw them. I don't want to pray for them. They hurt me or they did me wrong or they're harassing me or whatever it is. Um, but I don't think that that's the, the sentiment that God has intended for me to have for other people in my heart. Right. I don't have to be best friends with any of those people, but I should be treating them with love and tolerance. And it took me a long time to understand that that love was not romantic or familial love. It was the love like God has for us. Um, So,
1: but what, what, what really helped connect that for me was years after I, I, I don't know, had been in the program maybe three years, and um, and, and I, I was gifted with a beautiful baby boy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he came in a little light, you know, he okay. was only two pounds with one ounce, wow. and um, you know, he spent about 13 weeks at the hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, every day I'd be in a meeting, and uh, folks would ask me, you know, what hospital is he in? and and I would tell them, and you know, at that time I was working in Marietta and I would go to work and then at lunchtime I'd fly down the North side mm-hmm. just so I can spend a little time with him. And uh, I'd get down the North side and it would be nothing but AA people there
0: you know,
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> waiting to pray with my son. You know, He wow. was in the NICU and he, he was in one of those incubators. and. Uh, I would go in and and I take one person with me and and we pray f- over his incubator and then I'd have to take them out because there was only one one person I could only bring in one person at a time right. and then I'd bring someone else in and they would pray for a little while with me and um, you know that really kind of um, bonded me to the program of recovery you know mm-hmm. uh, because 13 weeks later when he when he was able to come home he came home with you know apparatus and stuff and. Uh, after a while, I was able to to uh, take him to meetings with me. And I'd get to the meeting and, you know, I'd sit down, I'd put on his diaper bag. And next thing you know, somebody's going, hey, can I hold him? Right. And he'd be all the way at the other end of the meeting. but by, by the end of the meeting, he'd be all the way at the other side of the room, you know, and uh, like, give me my baby back. I right. love this program really emanates and um, a synergy is formed when we're all in the same place at the same time uh, and and I believe that that energy is is really healing um, and it's it sometimes it's immediately apparent and sometimes it takes years mm-hmm. you know but today I look at my son he's 17 now and um, he's a remarkable young man and I wonder what all of these praying people had what part did they have to play in, in the guy that he has become? You know what I mean, he's seventeen. He yeah. had never had a drink or a drug. You know what I mean? By the time I was seventeen I was already a dope fiend. You oh, know? Yeah. I was addicted by the time I was fourteen. So to watch him grow into this man becoming, um, it's an amazing journey for me. You know, so I can always tell you that um, no matter what angry uh, feelings you might have, the program can help you mm-hmm. heal from that and turn that into something positive. The synergy that is generated from from us being together tells me that this this life, this new life, this spiritual life is going to have challenges, but there is nothing that me and
0: God can't get through. Amen definitely. to that. Amen. So, you mentioned can essentially that's like the energy comes from connection, right? Connecting with other people, those people connected, and that's an intense connection to show up and pray over someone's newborn baby. Um, oh my God! And it oftentimes happens in the rooms of people you barely know, right? We connect with each other, um, over the one thing that we share, which is alcoholism, right? Whether you're an alcoholic or an addict, it's all the same disease. Um, right. so how do you maintain that connection right now when, if you're watching, you're not in Georgia meetings, just kind of started up and not all of them are meeting. And if you go, it's limited and there's a lot of, you know, rules to respect, you know, being in like respectful of the CDC guidelines. But for you, how are you maintaining that connection to that energy and to the fellowship when it's a lot harder?
1: Um, well, I I don't think it's harder for me. Okay. Um, the reason, the reason is, is that I, I, I never stopped, um, you know, they say you never have to go back to basics if you don't ever leave it. You know, I still speak with my sponsor every day. I still mm-hmm. work with a bunch of guys. I still make sure that I meet with them at least once a week. Um, nothing has changed with the exception of the fact that I I don't go to specific places okay. indoors. I meet now with people outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because of my own health concerns. And right. I just think there's a certain amount of wisdom in not being enclosed in a room right now with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think I, I I really built a lot of great relationships over the years. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of people who call me and say, hey, you know, I'm feeling kind of antsy or whatever, and I'll say, all right, well, let's go down to Fall Apart and let's link up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do it that way now. Um, one of the things that I found in this in, during this time is that recovery is pretty. It's pretty uh, pretty versatile.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: we can we can roll with the punches. You know, I mean, if need be, yeah, we use our phones, but we also now have a a, a mind that's clear, that can you know make some decisions that are that are healthy, and. Um, I, I think uh, I, I, we get a chance to, to test it from time to time, and, and I think th- this is one of those times. We're never going to go back to how it was. Yeah. You know what I mean, we've now added another tool to our toolbox, you know, yeah. and I could only imagine how uh, the predecessors felt when someone said, you know, we need to start an- another meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, just the thought of it. You know, another meeting. Right. Yeah. Well, we we, yeah, we meet once a week now. Let's meet. Let's meet twice a week. Yeah. Or you know, some some real uh, uh, idea from out of nowhere. You know, well that's what Zoom felt like, like an idea from out of nowhere. Right. What what we could do? What? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's do that then. Okay. Just yeah, throw it together. We'll add that to our box. Yeah. We'll, we'll make s- that happen.
0: We're super resourceful people, right? Like I, they all of a sudden shut things down. And within like a day, people were popping out meetings, right? Like I've got a Zoom account from work. I'll buy a Zoom account. Let's put this together. Someone like, and it was going from you not being able to be in the same room with someone which I'm slightly grateful for at times because I don't really like to be touched, but um, to like sixty people and people from around the country, you know, in the fellowship around the I, world, Z, yeah,
1: around the world. I've told my story in South Africa, in Jamaica, wow. and, yeah, in France, in England. Just over this last uh, four months, <coughs> that's <coughs>
0: incredible. Me. Like and to get to go and it's yeah, a new experience, I think right? I would
1: have had that opportunity, yeah. I hope
0: that they still have some Zoom form um, for after this stuff. Like if we do get to a point where it's primarily in-person meetings and whatever that looks like, um, there's got to be people out there who, myself included, where it's like, I really need a meeting at one o'clock in the morning and there's nowhere to go. There might be someone who's in the middle of nowhere that the closest meeting is 50 minutes away. five zero 50 minutes and then they might have an opportunity to stay sober that day you know Um, my sponsee she has 60 days she's not been to a single in-person meeting because she got sober when all this was going on and it shows me the hope and joy that this program brings and that you can get sober no matter your circumstances yeah Um, yeah you don't have to go like it's. she doesn't have the same experience as me going to 8111 with my cousin to pick up my white chip on a Sunday morning, yeah. you know, wow,
1: um, Nice,
0: <laughs> but she's in it like she impresses me with the amount of meetings that she's going to I'm like, oh, maybe I should hit a couple more. Um, yeah. I did go to an in-person meeting on Friday of last week, and it was weird. I almost forgot how it worked. I was like, hi, I'm Zara, and I'm an alcoholic. Oh, and I'm a heroin addict. Like, I forgot the whole <laughs> where I was. It was um, where were you? I went to Legacy. If you're in the Atlanta area and you want to oh, join yeah. us, we oh. meet on Fridays up in Johns Creek, Georgia.
1: Decision ah, point. Great
0: meeting. Yep. Mm-hmm. Love Decision Point. And it was socially distant, yeah. and um, people had the option to hold hands at the end. I did not. I look forward to when I don't have to hold hands. I do it.
1: <laughs> I just
0: am no touchitarian. Um, but so, one of the things that I respect so much about you, and you just give off this aura always of being very calm and grateful. Um, a lot of the people in my life, my mom was one of them. Where when they a lot of calm and centered and humble people seem to have an immense amount of gratitude. And I find that it can be hard when life's hitting you with a thousand punches, you know, social injustice, um, you know, uh, COVID and other things and financial worries and lack of connection with people. It's hard to stay grateful. So for you, how do you stay grateful during these times where it feels like the world is falling apart?
1: Well, uh, see, you know, I, 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 I got to tell you that um, I, don't, I don't do this thing perfectly. Okay. You know, I, um, I, I truly uh, felt the pain of losing um, a brother at the hands of another police officer when, mm-hmm. um, when uh, George Floyd was killed. You know, I, I, I actually watched his life get squeezed out of them and that did something to me Mm -hmm. you know um and it 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 kind of uh i I was already um very active um and and socially and and i it kind of amped it up tenfold
0: right you
1: know um so i i know that there are there are people out there who are you know, who may be pissed at me because of some of the things I I post on Facebook, but I understand certain things about uh, how this life works. You know, I remember um, as a, you know, five five and six-year-old looking for, thirsty as hell, 100 degrees outside, I'm walking with my mom and, and she's mm-hmm. looking for a colored-only water fountain so wow. that we can get a drink of water. You know, um, I remember having that feeling of why can't I just drink this water right here? You know, right,
0: that looks yeah. just
1: like water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I remember having that feeling and um, and today I believe it has uh, it had planted some seeds in me and mm-hmm. one of the, the, the seeds that is planted is in fighting for... Uh, the lesser of, of, of us, you know, um, the least of us is how the big, big book puts it um, right. and and being a voice sometimes for those without. And I am unapologetic about it. You yeah. know, I believe that I, I've still got a firm hand mm-hmm. on my anger about things that need to be angry, mm-hmm. angry about. Um, I believe that uh, each and every one of my, um, each and every one of my emotions uh, deserve a, a voice. Now, yes. as an addict and a, as an alcoholic, my emotions ran wild,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and they were chaotic and scattered. You know, um, today I, I believe that I am able to pray for folks, even though I'm I've been angered. You know, um, now the reaction is is different from how it would have been had I been uh, still using, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I have to find a way to pray for people that are uh, doing things that I feel are unjust. Un- it's, uh, it's an un- you see, my natural state is to go flip out and the right. guns can come out and, you know, let's do it. But what I am experiencing is something that is supernatural. It yeah. is infused with um, a mind that has been touched by God. And when I say that, I don't, I don't take that lightly. You know, yeah. I, mean, I believe that it. When when I get to that place where yeah. I'm angered, it's not like I want to um, hurt someone. Mm-hmm. It's I want to stop the hurt. I yeah. want to stop this nonsense you know um, and the solution may not be clear to me you know I, I feel like sometimes I'm that guy who who has witnessed a fire and I have no access to water then what do you do what do you have well I still got a voice and I can yell help it's a fire going on there's a fire over here well that's where I'm at that's how I get to my gratitude because I have a voice and I can say, I can yell fire, fire, y'all, fire. And help can be accomplished in that way. I can only do my part, my small part, whatever that is. And in there is the gratitude I find in being able to have a voice, you know, that's usable. And um, right. and, and, and I respect those who are, are active in other ways. You know what I mean? Everyone, I believe... Can do something, yes. and uh, you know there, there is room under this 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 human tent. You know, it's not a black tent, it's not a white or Chinese tent. It's a human tent, mm-hmm. and uh, I I think it's a, there's room here. It's roomy, and um, we we can use each other as allies uh, yes. towards a common a common good. You know, and there's gratitude there. You know, I can be thankful to be able to sit with you right now Mm -hmm. and, you know, be as intimate as I'd like to be. And in recovery, intimacy has changed for me. It's not that sexual connotation. Intimacy is is let someone see into me, you know, Mm -hmm. into me see. And what happens there is that it becomes viral. It becomes a way of, of us, you know, staying sober. Yes, one, but also connecting on that next level because there are levels to recovery, you know? Yes. Drugs and alcohol are now behind me. Um, and I do the things necessary to keep them there. But there's always something for me to contribute and, and to add to the stream of life. And uh, I'm grateful for that.
0: Oh, I love that. And I. I love how even in the dark times, you can be grateful for something, right? Like, how can I grow out of this? How can I use my voice? How can I stand for something? Because if not, I'll fall for anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I saw this thing on Facebook. I love your stuff on Facebook a lot. Somehow my algorithm has like you and like Chandler and like three other people. <laughs> Cause apparently I like your <laughs> post the most. Um, but I, I was raised to be um, outspoken yet respectful of the, about the things that I believe in and to stand up for um, basic human rights. Um, that's just the way that my parents taught me. I don't understand how others don't get it. But um, I am loud and unabashedly who I am. And so I'm proud to say like, I will continue to speak up even if it makes someone else uncomfortable because I've been uncomfortable before. And in those uncomfortable yeah. moments, that's when I grow. But someone shared that, um, difference of opinion is reserved for things like I don't like cheese or I don't prefer coffee, I like tea. Um, difference of opinion is not about um, basic social Rights issues and human rights and love and compassion for others. Um, So, if you're a listener and you're not jiving with what I talk about, you probably shouldn't have been here anyway, uh, (laughs) because I've proudly pronounced that I'm a feminist, right? Um, Since the jump. Um, And I'm a member of the LGBTQ community. Um, I am out loud about all the things. Um, But with that being said, if you are feeling like you don't have a voice and you have you know, felt the, the pain. Um, and I don't know what it's like to feel the real raw pain, but I can empathize a lot. Um, you know, watching videos of things brought me to tears. I was crying for like two weeks, uh, cried at protests, cried at everything. Cause I, to, to not know what that's like to walk that life for my entire life and to experience it just a little bit was very heavy. But if you feel like you, can't have a voice or don't have a voice, you're still loved. And there's so much compassion because this is what we do together, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So we've touched on gratitude. We've touched on resentments and letting go. How do you stay connected? And as we, you know, kind of start to wrap things up, we have some more time. Um, Is there something that you would impart as wisdom to someone who's newer in the program, something that has really impacted your recovery that is one of those basics, I don't know, just anything that's like, wow, this stands out. Like for me, mine is always vulnerability. It's courageous, mm. you know? Mm. Is there something well, for you that's your standout thing?
1: Yeah, um, I, I can't do this alone. You okay. know, um, I, I stay connected. You know, uh, what I learned, and uh, I continue to learn more, but what I learned very early is that uh, the more I am surrounded with like-minded people the stronger my recovery becomes and it doesn't necessarily have to occur in a meeting place you know nice. what i mean cuz we we still live life we're out there we're hiking we're out in the mountains we're skiing we're hitting the beach you know we're we're involved in our lives and mm-hmm. what, what what really plays a big role is is connecting to the winners you know um, yeah. you know relapse is is, is not a requirement it, it happens but it's not a requirement and one of the things that i learned about these 12 steps is that each one of them is uh, based in relapse prevention okay. you know and and if i pursue the the principles behind each step it, it has somehow built this tight bond between me and the next alcoholic me mm-hmm. and the next addict and um and it also, it also tightens the bond between me and my predecessors simply mm-hmm. by living by by the principles um and you know it's important at least for me to be connected Someone told me, I think it was my sponsor, that the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm-hmm. And if I live in that, in that outlook, then it has an effect on my attitude and it has an effect on my actions. So mm-hmm. those are the things that I need to feed. I need to feed my attitude and I need to feed my actions. And when I say feed, I mean as, as a baby. Um, okay. You know, when I, when I came in, um, my sponsor said to me that you must treat your recovery like a, like a newborn baby. The baby needs to be fed. It needs to be around people who love it. It needs to be uh, rested when needed, you know, okay. and, it, and it doesn't need a whole lot of stress around it. You know, it doesn't need a whole lot of conflict around it. So let other people be right. You know, Mm -hmm. don't, if you're a newcomer, don't get involved with conflict, you know? Um, And there are people around us who know how to tick us off. (laughs) Yeah. so as a newcomer, you know, it's real hard sometimes to uh, get along. Mm -hmm. Um, My suggestion is spend a little bit more time with us. Right. You know, as a uh, and, and build your armor, and then sooner or later you'll find that you'll be able to spend time with anyone, go anywhere, um, mm-hmm. and uh, maintain your your sound, serene mind. And yeah. right now, early in recovery, is not the time to have an argument with your wife right. or you know, or your parents, you know, let them win. And mm-hmm. you go pray, ask, and make some phone calls.
0: I needed to hear that in my first six months because I got in a lot of fights with my dad. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was a, me moving back in at 25 with my parents and their two small children. Um, I God bless wow. my parents for taking me back in and putting up with my I definitely was, you know, I was an asshole. There's no other word to say it of being, you know, (laughs) but, um, I am, I'm still grateful that I got to be there and that they were willing to put up with me and that our relationship has grown exponentially, um, as a result of our connection during that time. And then after that, um, so thank you so much for being here. This has been incredible. I cannot wait to go back and listen. It's my favorite part is getting to listen after the fact and really, envelop at all of the the stuff that was said into my heart. Um yeah. so before I do my little spiel of the housekeeping stuff, um, we want to talk about your podcast for a second and let people know where they can find it. And it's really oh, really absolutely, great. okay,
1: absolutely. Um, thanks so much for for having me on tonight. I I, I really appreciate you, Zora. and I, I admire you your, your your recovery and you Thank know your you. willingness to do some new things. Um, and and that's you know that's true th- throughout. Uh, recovery, you'll find that there are new ways of doing it, and I hope that if you uh, log on to Mm www.cleandreams.us, you'll be able to see uh, one way that I find that contributes to my recovery. We have over a hundred um, meetings there. And when I say meetings, if you plug it in, you'll hear and feel the, the actual synergy that's generated. We talked about that during this episode mm-hmm. uh, that's generated in the rooms of recovery. So if you're one of us and you feel that you, you can use us, please log on to www.cleandreams.us and should you need us subscribe and uh, send me an email and we can connect personally.
0: That's awesome yeah so if you if you want to reach out connect to Troy feel free um, to send me a DM or any reach out to me in any form or fashion and we will get you connected because now more than ever um, we need to stay like you said connected rather than um in the throes of something. The phone can feel very heavy when you're in the middle of whatever (sighs) it is, but trust me that those conversations have saved my life in the past. Um, So uh, I would like to, you know, once again, thank you so much for being here. Check out Troy's podcast, Clean Dreams. Um, And then also thank you to those who have engaged with the podcast today as we're taping on Facebook Live. Darlene and Chris are both here and um, it's great to see people engaging. You know, we cannot do this alone. And for anyone who's watching and has not engaged thank you for being here uh appreciate the the viewership um feel free to share with your friends pass it along we're here every tuesday at 7 p.m i may start dropping some pre-recorded episodes i have the opportunity to connect with some friends from out of state and some of their schedules don't quite align with this because yay time zones um but i would hate to miss that opportunity but i'll still drop at the same time the videos um So join me every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Follow the Instagram at Control Issues Podcast. Like the page. Do all that jazz. And I hope you all have a wonderful evening. Grace and peace, my friends.